Welcome to the Spirit-Filled Leadership Podcast. I'm Pete Barak. This is a podcast where we believe the world needs disciples and disciples need spirit-filled leaders. Today we are recording, as you can tell, on Ash Wednesday, which has a, a very kind of appropriate component of it today. The ashes reminding us of where we've been, where we're coming from, and where we're going. You are dust, and to dust you shall return. It's a great moment of leadership from the church. One of the key roles of a leader is to help people see where they've been, interpret where they've been, in light of also where they're going. And the church uh, reminds us today on Ash Wednesday of the power of our story of what we've where we've been, and then what God has done in us. And even though we, our physical forms will end up as ash again, we know that our souls and then eventually our our resurrected bodies will be with the Lord for for eternity. And so today I just felt like it's like, wow, look at the leadership of the church where we, we actually do something physical to help people see where we've been and where we're going, which is one of the primary roles of leadership. But today's topic is actually about suffering, suffering and leading through suffering. When I first came to know the Lord and had my conversion when I was nine years old, which is a whole story in and of itself, but I came to believe that God was real and he loved me. And I really met Jesus in a very real way, uh, even at that young age. And what began to happen in my prayer times after I'd receive communion and come back and pray uh, at Mass and in just different settings, as I really started to fall more and more in love with Jesus Christ, I, I just wanted to serve him. I wanted to know him more, but I wanted to serve him, and I wanted to to do whatever he asked of me. And in one day, in one of the prayer times, I felt like Jesus asked me a question. You know, it wasn't like this audible voice. It was just that still small voice of the Spirit that prompted a thought into my heart that I knew wasn't my own. And Jesus said, Pete, will you suffer for me? Will you suffer for me? And I was so in love with him. And I was so grateful for everything that he was doing in my life at that time, I didn't even hesitate. I just said, yes, Lord, I'll suffer for you. And now looking back on that decision and that uh, acceptance of that call, it happened. There's been a lot of suffering in my life. And suffering is an interesting thing because suffering in many ways is relative. What might be suffering for me might not actually be suffering for you. And there's so many different types of suffering, right? We have physical suffering, emotional suffering, relational suffering, spiritual suffering. There's, there's ebbs and flows of life where there are some things that are obviously objectively horrible that happen to people that, are, that we can look at and, and lament and empathize with. And then there's other things that are hidden that we'll never see, the, the suffering of mental illness, the suffering of loneliness, the suffering of, of unfulfilled dreams, of, of being criticized. There's all sorts of different types of suffering. But what is universal is that we will all suffer. We will all suffer. That is part of the human experience. And part of being a a disciple of Jesus is actually embracing that suffering, to pick up the cross and follow him. He says no disciple is greater than the master, and he's the master, and he suffered. But what we see in the suffering of Jesus, in particular in his passion and death, is is a, a roadmap for this whole concept of redemptive suffering. That through the death and resurrection of Jesus, he has transformed the power of sin and death that we would never uh, choose sin, of course. And we would never, in some ways, uh, well, and the saints are, are kind of 
uh, amazing in the sense of how willing they are to suffer and how much they even kind of actively seek suffering for redemptive purposes. But ultimately, as suffering emerges in our life and as there are deaths in our life, because of our relationship with Jesus and because of what he's done for us, we are able to unite our suffering with his. And it leads to a redemptive quality, both in the here and now and in eternity. So there's there's so many ways that we can learn through the suffering of Jesus, he who is the perfect spirit-filled leader, as to how a spirit-filled leader should navigate the suffering that will come. Another passage that has been very consoling for me as I've gone through my life and have experienced some of this suffering is from uh, Sirach, which is a book I'm sure you've read many times, but Sirach chapter 2. Listen to this. My child, if you come forward to serve the Lord, prepare yourself for temptation. Or another translation would be prepare yourself for a trial. Set your heart right and be steadfast and do not be hasty in time of calamity. Cleave to him and do not depart that you may be honored at the end of your life. Accept whatever is brought upon you and in changes that humble you, be patient. For gold is tested in the fire and acceptable men in the furnace of humiliation. Trust in him and he will help you make your way straight. Hope in him. Cleave to him and do not depart that you may be honored at the end of your life. Accept whatever is brought upon you and in changes that humble you, be patient. Here's the key line though. For gold is tested in the fire and acceptable men in the furnace of humiliation. Furnace of humiliation, sign me up, right? Who's, who's listening to this going, yes, that's what I want. I want to be humiliated. I want to be, I, want, I love change. I love all these things that, that, that rip away all my, my insecurities. I love all these things that, that whittle away at my confidence. I, I love things that, that make me feel un- unstable. Yeah, that, that's what I love. And what Sirach is, is revealing to us is there are going to be changes that humble us. And we will find ourselves in fires that maybe even humiliate us, that, that, are, that we don't like, that are uncomfortable, that cause suffering. So how do we as a spirit-filled leader respond to that? The first thing we have to recognize, that if we find ourselves in a time of suffering, in a fire, a furnace of humiliation of sorts, we have to remember what that's revealing about who we are. Because ultimately every moment of suffering in us kind of strips away false identities and reveals the truth of who we really are. And as disciples, as somebody who's been converted to Jesus, as somebody who's, who's trying to live my life like him, when I find myself in, a, in fire, what I have to remind myself is that means I am gold. And gold in need of deeper purification. For gold is tested in the fire and acceptable men in the furnace of humiliation. If you are experiencing a season of suffering in your life, chances are the Lord is permitting it, allowing it to purify us so that we can be more fully who we are supposed to be because he sees us as gold. You don't throw garbage in the fire to purify it. You throw garbage in the fire to destroy it. The Lord allows fires of suffering and and temptation and challenge in our life so that we can learn who we truly are, that we are gold in his eyes and more purely the gold we're called to be when we allow the fire to change us so that it can strip away the things and the attachments that are not of him so that we can be more united to his will and be more obedient to his call. You are gold and suffering helps purify that gold into a more pure and rare and delightful form. 
Second thing suffering often does is it purifies our priorities. Often in moments of suffering, things that seemed very important are all of a sudden not very important, and things that seemed maybe kind of taken for granted become very, become very important. And where this is most clearly seen, I've seen over the years, is suffering um, reveals relationships and the relationships that are most important. When you're suffering, the people who love you the most, who are in this with you, will show themselves. They'll understand that what you're going through. They'll empathize with it. And they'll look to serve and to love you through it. Similarly, when others are suffering, part of the role of a spirit-filled leader is to discern, how am I called to love this person right now? How am I called to lead this person in, in a time of their suffering? And it's a great challenge to us to recognize that the priorities of relationships will be impacted by suffering. What the outcome of the relationship should be is many ways purified again by suffering. Because if the outcome of the relationship is not the genuine flourishing, the desired outcome, I should say, of the relationship is not the, the person's genuine flourishing, their holiness, their happiness, their peace, the, the, them becoming fully who God created them to be. If we have ulterior motives for those people, when suffering emerges either in us or in them, it, those ulterior motives will reveal themselves. If we're treating our employees or the people we're leading as just a means to an end, when they start to suffer or we start to suffer, that will reveal itself. But if we love them and we genuinely want what's best for them, when you're suffering or they're suffering, that will come to the fore. And you'll see again, no, actually, there's something deeper here than just an exchange of goods. There's something deeper here than just a, a personality connection. There's something deeper here than what I can get from them. Suffering reveals relational priorities. And then finally, when we unite our suffering to a noble end, a, a good outcome, a vision from the Lord, a lot of times suffering can actually be the fuel the energy to accomplish it. There's a particular type of suffering that comes on a leader of wanting something to emerge, wanting something to happen because we catch a vision for what the Lord is trying to do. And a lot of times there's a suffering that we're not there yet. There's a, a holy discontent that can actually, that can really hurt. That can feel like I, I, I want to, to see this thing happen. And that desire within us, that even God-given zeal that emerges from us, motivates, it energizes, it propels us forward. There's a combustion that's happening in us that produces movement. So don't be alarmed if, if some of the suffering you're experiencing as a leader is a, a sense of what could be in the fact that you're not there yet. Channel that. Allow the Lord to, to put some kind of, you know, it's kind of like a, a rocket trying to blast off from the earth. They're trying to break the power of gravity. In order to do that, there has to be this tremendous combustion. But that combustion has to be fueled through the rocket. It has to be channeled through the rocket in order to create the, the thrust necessary to break the power of, of gravity, right? It's the same thing with us. Sometimes in order to get and fulfill our mission, the Lord creates a fire in us that actually kind of hurts. That is a form of suffering that when channeled produces movement and energy towards the goal. So, suffering in leadership reveals who we really are, reveals our relational priorities, and can provide fuel for moving forward. And remember, any suffering that is brought upon you and changes that humble you, be patient. Why? Because you are gold. You are worth it. And we need to be purified. We need to be sent. 
and we need to be, uh, the truth about who we are and our relationships needs to be revealed. And often that the Lord uses and permits suffering to show us that. Suffering will come, but let's embrace our cross, unite it to the suffering of Christ, and see what he does with it. God bless you.